When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about Happy Death Day and the Happy Death Day to You. Then I'm going to be following it up by doing a trailer review for Bill and Ted Face the Music. Another thing, too, is I want to actually thank this one podcast that I've been following for a while. And a matter of fact, I want you guys to go in and check them out. They're actually called Film on the Rocks. And the awesome comment that they actually left me was, John has a good personality and is on top of the industry news. The pod is great for movie reviews and industry news to stay on top of everything. And I recommend this podcast to anyone looking for those things. And I just want to say thank you so much for the kind words. I do appreciate you guys taking the time to do a re- do a review on my podcast. I do appreciate the fact that you guys listen to my podcast and everything that you guys do as well on your podcast. And I cannot wait to hear your Disturbed Year movie review that you guys are going to be doing. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and get on with the show. So, Happy Death Day. This movie came out in 2017. It's a very simple premise. What I liked about the premise was the fact that it's simplistic. And not only that... But it's also Bloomhouse, and Bloomhouse is also famous for original content, original movies and stuff. So I can actually appreciate that Bloomhouse does try to deliver some original content, even though I'm kind of lukewarm or I have a love-hate relationship when it comes to Bloomhouse stuff. But I actually can appreciate the fact that they do try to bring out some originality in film. And so with this film, what they do is they have this popular girl in college. And she's very stuck up. She's snobby. She's part of this whole entire thing in college and everything when it comes down to sorority sisters and stuff. And even with the sorority sisters, she's even worse and everything when she's stuck up. But the way it actually opens up is the the fact that she wakes up in this guy's bedroom. She doesn't quite remember what happens. It's her birthday. She blows out the candle and then... She, that, that, and then that whole entire day just keeps repeating itself because she winds up dying. And nobody knows who wants to kill her. And every single time, it kind of actually plays a little bit into Edge of Tomorrow a little bit with Tom Cruise, which I mentioned with the Frenchie the other night. And basically is she becomes a better survivor. She winds up knowing the uh, turns and twists and everything as everything gets played out and things like that in the movie. And they, whenever she keeps on like, coming back. But... The thing that I really didn't care about was the fact that I didn't like the dialogue in the film itself. It just felt like it was kind of cringeworthy, if you will. And I get the fact that, you know, this is actually a slasher film and that it's not supposed to be having this kind of realistic kind of thing, the way people talk, kind of. But still, it was very cringeworthy with the way the dialogue actually flowed out of the characters it was one of those things that I really that really took me out of the film to the point where I was like, okay, I don't really care about what's going on within this whole entire uh, thing that's, that's happening to this character. But, you know, okay, so you're going to go on ahead and give us this type of movie, so I'm going to still stick with you. I'm still going to go on ahead and try and enjoy this movie for what it is. Matter of fact, I remember going to the movie theaters and everything, and I'm looking around at the audience just to see if anybody else was having the same feeling I was, and nobody was really having the same feeling I was. 
<laughs> which is a good thing and everything because I'm glad people are actually enjoying a movie that I didn't particularly care for. But the thing that I really liked was the performance that Jessica Roth gave. And it was the one part where something winds up happening to her mother and then she's talking to her father about that event that happened with her mother in her past. And it was like almost close enough to an Academy Award kind of performance whenever you look at the way that she actually brought that level and everything. And for a moment, I forgot about the cringeworthy dialogue in this movie and forgot about what the characters were actually doing. And I glued in on the fact that something tragic happened to her in her past. And her father is like the only one that's actually close enough to her and he's she's trying to talk to him and everything and telling him how she feels it just tears you up on the inside whenever that part is actually revealed but other than that I really have to say everything else was didn't really have a lot of layers to it I didn't really feel like her character arc actually went from you know her being snobby to her being nice I didn't really feel like that she changed all that much but that's just me looking at it from one perspective you know I know that there's several other people that might actually disagree with me on that but you know I just wanted this movie to be better than what it was and instead it just wasn't that great and I like the whole entire aspect of the fact you know you have a serial killer slasher that's actually trying to kill somebody and you know, and then every single time that this killer comes after her, she has to, she dies and then repeats the same day over again. And then she has to try and find out who is actually trying to kill her. And then, you know, she gets closer and closer to finding out who it is. And then, of course, the killer winds up killing her again. But I love that whole entire originality behind that with the whole entire Groundhog's Day aspect. But those are the only two qualities that I have to say that I really cared for within the movie itself. But I have to give them credit for this, though, too. This movie knew what it was. It knew its target audience. It knew the plot that it wanted to be. It knew that it was going to be a slasher movie, which is something that I really respect too because of the fact that I like slasher movies. I like certain slasher movies that are really good. And this one just didn't deliver, but I can appreciate the fact that it was something original, something new, something that we haven't seen before. And, you know... And then there was just this whole entire thing, too, where you have a snobby girl that something horrific is happening to her. Almost everybody's a suspect because of the fact that everybody doesn't like her. But, like I said, this movie knew what it was. It knew its target audience. It knew the tone that it wanted to be. Now, Happy Death Day 2, on the other hand, and, you know, I'm going to go on and say this. I saw this on DirecTV because I didn't have any way of probably wanting to go see this movie two years later after the original Happy Dead Day because don't get me wrong the happy the very first Dead, Happy Dead Day movie made a lot of money to the point where it's actually made its money back so therefore Bloomhouse is probably like you know what we're gonna go on ahead and green light another movie and I actually like the fact that people actually enjoyed it and they wanted to see another one but for me, some movies, are, for me, I'm just one and done. It's like, okay, I don't really want to see anything else from a certain franchise again, like the Divergent series or the Twilight series or the Hunger Games. I'm like, okay, I'm one and done. I saw what I wanted to see from those movies. I'm glad that people like them. I'm glad that people are rooting for them. I'm all for other people rooting for their fandoms and stuff like that too, just because I don't like a certain fandom or just because I don't like the Twilight series or 
just because I don't like a certain series doesn't mean that, you know, that I should hate on people that like what they like. So, you know what? I always say, hurrah, go ahead, celebrate the fact that you loved a certain franchise. And that's exactly how I felt with Happy Death Day to you. I'm like, you know what? I'm one and done. I'm good. I don't need to see any more Happy Death Day or anything like that. I felt like all the events that happened in the first Happy Death Day movie was actually solved. And there was no need to actually go back to another Happy Death Day movie. Well, I'm not a writer. I don't work for Hollywood or anything like that. But they went on ahead two years later, wrote the script out, and that, and then they released it during February of 2019. And what this movie is, is a complete opposite of what Happy Death Day to you, Happy Death Day is. And don't get me wrong, it still has that horror element to it. It still has that whole entire thing where the killer's uh, hunting down that girl that's a snob and everything repeating the same day over and over again. You still have that aspect, but here's the thing. I can actually appreciate the fact that they did try to do something different rather than to repeat the same formula. Now, granted, I just said that she does repeat the same day again. She does wind up uh, having to find out who her killer is again. She does have to go back and do some of the same stuff again. But there's a little bit of a twist to that. Because it doesn't focus just on her now. The main focus happens to be the guy that she winds up sleeping with, his roommate and everything that banged on the door in the very first Happy Death Day movie. This is centers around him, but it also centers around her too. So now they're in this world together to where he actually has to help her out to try and get back into another reality. And a matter of fact, this is how I'm going to actually put this. He designed a machine... That caused the looping in the very first Happy Death Day movie. And so, with him causing the loop in the very first Happy Death Day movie, and because when she thought she stopped the loop and everything, he winds up starting the loop back over again. And so now, she has to try and go back to her own universe because of the fact that there was people that was trying to stop him from actually making this thing happen. And... As soon as he powers it on, you see people running, and then all of a sudden, it loops. And then a whole bunch of other stuff goes haywire to the point where she has to try and get back into onto her own, wor- own world where she has her boyfriend back again. Everything is fine. And to me, it went from being just a slasher movie, like they've re- the original concept of the very first Happy Death Day movie, which is something I respected. And then they did something totally different, which is something that I have to give them praise for because they did try to do something different. But I just don't understand why they had to make a looping machine and try and do it a sci-fi type of way. To me, you could have just kept the premise simple instead of having to go through all that. But, you know, I'm not a writer or anything like that. I just didn't really feel like it. It felt like to me that... They didn't know what they were trying to do with this one. It was like they wanted to try and make it a slasher film. Then they wanted to make a horror film. Then they wanted to make a sci-fi film by making it looping. And then also trying to do a Earth, X amount of Earths, just like they do with The Flash. And it just doesn't work in that kind of style for this type of movie. It would be different if this was introduced into a time travel movie about a serial killer that's actually trying to kill... Other people. As a matter of fact, they were actually going to try and make a movie like that where it was like a time traveling serial killer. And basically, they he would travel through time killing 
uh, certain people. But it would have worked in that kind of premise if this was a sci-fi based movie. But no, this is supposed to be a simplistic type of movie where it was just a slasher film. She The days keep on looping and she has to try and find out who her killer is. And then, of course, in the new universe now, too, the person that was once the killer is no longer the killer. Now there's somebody else in that same world that's actually the killer. So now she's trying to solve that. And then she's trying to also do another thing too where she's trying to solve how to actually get back into her own earth again and she tries killing herself and then when she kills herself she has to remind the the uh guy's roommate that she's work he's working with her and therefore they have to keep working together every single time trying to get this equation right for her to go back to her earth but like i said it just doesn't play right for me it just didn't hit the landing zone like i wanted it to hit the landing zone and everything, and don't get me wrong, I had zero expectations of even wanting to check this out, but I'm like, you know what, there's nothing else on, so, you know, I'm just gonna go ahead, check this out, see how it is, and watch it for what it is, and normally when I do have low expectations of a movie, like Happy Dead Day, or Happy Dead Day to You, I normally walk out of the movie theater feeling entertained, I usually walk out saying, you know what, that was a lot of fun, you know, but, with both of these films, I didn't walk out entertained. I didn't walk out with a smile on my face, and that was fun. I was like, eh, it was okay. It was a good movie. It is what it is, it is what it is for for those two types of movies. And that's also the same way, like I said too, with me watching this film. I'm like, okay, I don't need to see a Happy Death Day three U or two U or whatever they're gonna try and make the next one, because they're even talking about making a third film, which I don't even know why, because. Everyone that I talked to, because here's the thing, they liked the first film, but the second film they didn't really like. And so I'm like, are you guys wanting to see another one? They said, no, they don't want to see another Happy Death Day to you or anything like that. They just wanted to be two movies in and that's it. Don't make it a trilogy. Don't try and do anything else to it. It is what it is. And just go on ahead about their business and make another Halloween movie, which is what they're doing. But... You know, I, I praise Bloomhouse for making original films, for horror films. And I praise them for that because of the fact that we don't really get that much original content when it comes down to horror films that much. And I can appreciate the fact that they actually tried. And that's all I can say is they tried. And it just didn't deliver for me. And I'm glad that you guys actually like those two movies. And I praise you guys for liking those movies. But it just didn't fit the bill for me. It was just something that I couldn't really stick to the landing on this on these two films. But hey, if you liked them, good for you. I'm happy that you guys liked them. So now, I'm going to be talking about Bill and Ted Face the Music. So, it's been, I want to say maybe close to 20, maybe 30 years since we actually saw Bill and Ted and I want to say, yeah, and the excellent adventure. And, you know, I was wondering after so many years of them being away from the characters with Keanu Reeves and the actor that plays Bill. And I was wondering if that whole entire thing was actually going to work with them being away from each other for so long. Because we already saw how Zoolander was and everything for the time that it was in, around 2002, and then they decided to make another follow-up movie, I think around 2017 or 2018, 
and it just doesn't land. After so many years of being apart from a certain role or a certain movie, it doesn't stand. It doesn't really stick well. But with this, this one in particular though, I'm actually. I have to say, this actually feels like a Bill and Ted movie. The chemistry between them is like they haven't even missed each other. It's like they've been together all this time, which is a fun fact because of the fact that I want this to be a fun movie. I want this to feel like it's not, you know, being rushed or it doesn't feel or or it doesn't or it feels out of place. And that's something that I don't want to feel. And I want the chemistry to between between the two actors still to be there. And that's actually what I got from this. And of course I love the opening thing is like, well, they played in this arena. They played in that arena. Is it back in 93? And then now they have to go back in time to steal a, a song that they wrote from themselves to end, to have world peace. And I love that whole entire aspect, especially when you're dealing with Camp Reeves, who's actually out in the spotlight and everything. And he's just a charismatic kind of guy. And I like what they did with that whole entire setup where they actually have to try and steal some lyrics to a song that they wrote so that way they can sing it and put it out there for people to listen. So I love that aspect. And then I love seeing Death again. Because to me, I think Death was my favorite thing in Bogus Journey because of the fact that I liked how when they died... And they actually had to play a game with death in order for them to come back to life again. They play Battleship. They play. Tw- uh, they play Twister. They played other games in order for them t- to get back on Earth. And death is trying everything he can possible to make them stay. And it's like death is actually just this one guy who's just lonely and just wants to have friends, and he doesn't want them to leave. And to see them reunited again after so many years and having death there, it makes me happy to actually see that. And the only thing that's actually missing is Rufus, which is played by George Colin. Colin, sorry if I'm bushing that too. But you can actually tell that there's a presence uh, on that in that trailer that's actually missing. So I'm wondering how they're actually going to have it to where Bill and Ted actually learn something from this experience. Because don't forget, that's what it, the first two films were actually basically about, was them learning something from what they're doing. And I wonder how they're actually going to play that in. But another thing too is, I'm wondering if we're going to get Jonah of Arc in this thing. I'm wondering if we're going to get Abraham Lincoln, anybody from the past two films. Because here's the thing. I really, I have to thank Bill and Ted for getting me into uh, history, especially Genghis Kong and uh, Socrates and everything else. Because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't probably be as interested in history as I am today about history. And... Another thing, too, is I like the other thing, too, where they actually see themselves in this prison cell and they're all jacked up and they're just beefed up and they're all over there talking to each other and everything. I just thought that was that was so freaking funny. And like I said, the chemistry between the two actors is still there. I love that. This trailer just shows the fun side of Bill and Ted. I'm glad that this was a teaser rather than a trailer because I didn't really feel like they showed too much with this trailer at all, which is a good thing. I'm okay if they go on ahead and just show maybe one trailer to this movie and that's it. And they just do like small snippets for TV spots because I feel like Bill and Ted would probably sell the movie to us. But 
They just need to go on ahead and try and figure out a way, figure out an angle to sell this to the younger generation of today. Because I feel like this, Bill and Ted represents people in my day and age where we loved our rock music. It actually fits in with the Wayne's world as well. And you know what? I, I think even Mark Ellis said that he wouldn't mind seeing Dave Carroll from Nirvana be in this movie, which would actually be a lot fitting for this film, which I actually have to agree 110% on that because of the fact that it would actually fit in with the timeline that they are actually in. But, man, I remember Bill and Ted just being a fun movie. As a matter of fact, I might actually do a movie review on that. But, you know, I feel like the trailer itself sold me, but here's the thing. You also have to try and sell this thing to a younger audience now. You actually have to sell this to a younger generation who grew up without Bill and Ted. And I wonder how they would actually go about doing that with the TV spots and stuff like that. And with me, I don't want any, I don't, I don't want to see any more from this. I'm excited for it. This movie comes out in August. I don't know if this thing is going to go straight to uh, video, which I heard that it was supposed, some rumors before about it possibly going digital because of this coronavirus mess and stuff. But I would like to actually see a Bill and Ted movie on the big screen just for one night. I would actually go out to the movie theater and see that movie in August. Because I feel like August would probably be a better time to go to a movie than July. Although, I wouldn't mind mid-July, though. But that's just me. That's just my preference. But, you know, tell me what you guys think. Did you like Happy Death Day? Did you like Happy Death Day 2? You, tell me what didn't you like about that film. Tell me what you liked. And another thing, too, is go on ahead and check out the Bill and Ted trailer. Tell me what you guys think about the trailer. And also... Go on ahead and check out Film on the Rocks. That 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 podcast is just fun and entertaining. If you're looking for drinking games and stuff like that, check them out. Give them a like. Give them a, a review on their podcast. They do such a great job of breaking down certain things when those two are together. They're a lot of fun. As a matter of fact, I even put this in the review that they've done. It's like going to your bartender and... You're just over there to chat with your bartender about their favorite movies. And then you're chatting back and forth about your favorite movies. And that's what it feels like to me. It's just that smooth blend of alcohol just going down your throat. So, anyways, tell me what you guys have to say about that, about my reviews and everything. Tell me what you guys think. And until next time, bye-bye. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins. And little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.